it is great to see. I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. I want you to just like give a crazy, heartfelt, passionate round of applause right now. Just do that real quick. There it is. There it is. Thank you very much. That's good. You know why you did that? You did that for the person on your left and your right who decided that they were going to get up and brave the elements this morning and come no matter what was happening. They rowboated to church this morning. Man, now I will tell you this, the folks who are here at 930 get a little bit of extra credit, but you're awesome. I mean, just on its own, just with being here at all is unbelievable. I had to convince Julie, my wife, to come to church today. So the fact that you're here is huge. I also found this out. I'm going to find this out after the service. We have a member of our church who is here today, and it is her due date. She is supposed to deliver a baby today. Father, right now, we just pray that you would hold on to this child. For 45 minutes, God, there's an emergency care right across the street. We look forward to this new life. But I'm telling you, so whenever you see somebody's like, man, it was raining. I didn't feel like going to church. Say, you know, there's a woman who gave birth at church on Sunday. So this, it's a big deal. And I, I don't know that she's here only because we said there's something in the water. We want her water to hold a little bit longer. Anyway. Thought I'd share that. Anyway, it is great to see you this morning. This series that we're kicking off today, I am so excited about. I'm a, I'm a little bit keyed up today because it was five years ago when I was standing on the ocean beach watching the waves crash in against that God kind of started stirring this series of messages in my heart because I remember five years ago I was standing on a beach watching the Gulf of Mexico lap against the shore and I was immediately transported back to another beach some 30 plus years earlier where I was sitting at a youth camp that my church in Houston, Second Baptist Church, did when I was a kid growing up, similar to the ones we do here. And it was on that beach as I watched the water come in when I was 15 years old, when I began praying about the year ahead because I knew I was about to get my driver's license and that meant that I was going to be able to kind of come and go and do and spread my wings a little bit more. And I was praying about going to parties because my high school specialized in parties on Friday and Saturday night. I don't know if you've heard of any high schools like that, but I remember thinking, God, just help me to handle this in a way that honors you. And it was in that prayer that God just kind of very surely and succinctly without an audible voice or anything, just kind of led me to decide to not drink when I was in high school. And so because of that prayer there at the ocean that day, I didn't. And at the same time I was recollecting this, I remember that it was on another beach a few years later watching the waves come in that my wife Julie and I in college were counselors on one of those trips. And as counselors on one of those trips, that was where we fell in love. And it was at the ocean with the water coming in that we fell in love and decided that we'd spend the rest of our natural lives together. And so water has always been a big part of, of my life. I remember the, the lifetime memories we have with our kids as they learn to, to play in the pool and to splash in the lake and wakeboarding on Lake Travis and cliff jumping for which Julie still hasn't forgiven me. All of these memories around water. And I was reminded there as I stood on the beach of Romans chapter one. Because in Romans chapter one, the Bible says that everything you need to know to prove the existence of God, to give enough evidence that God is real, Everything you need to know is evident in nature. 
as you look at the created order, as you experience mountains or rain like we're going through right now, or even in a desert or even at the beach in the ocean, everything you need to know to know that God is real is evident in nature. Nobody can say that they don't believe there could be something or someone out there. Now, they may choose not to, but the created order shows us, and I believe with everything that I have, that nothing communicates the character and the personality and the desire of God better than or more accurately than water. That really and truly, there's something in the water. And so that's where this series came from and that's what, where it kind of began. But today as we actually launch the series, we're gonna launch at the very beginning. Where we're gonna talk today about the very beginning of a relationship with God, which of course means baptism. Now, baptism, as soon as I say the word, there are a hundred different perceptions and concepts of baptism. It's one of those things that is, is so common. It's so familiar in our world that a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about it. Some of you right now are thinking back to the fact that you were told that you were baptized as an infant, that your parents took you to the church and they gave you a lovely baptism gown or christening outfit and your parents decided that you would be baptized in the church. You don't remember this, but maybe you've seen pictures or people have told you about it. Others of you, maybe you were baptized, you know, after you completed a confirmation class or at some other time in early adolescence. Others of you, you might have been baptized after you made a personal commitment to follow Christ. After you decided to step into a relationship with God and respond to the grace of Jesus, you were baptized as a statement of that faith. And then there are still others of you here who think baptism is just for the religious nuts of the world. You just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what's all going on, but that's their deal, whatever. And that's why I'm excited to start here because no matter where you are today, spiritually, no matter your concept of who God is or what the Christian faith is all about, Baptism has something for everyone. And it's a great place to begin, especially this time of year, not only because of the flood going on right now outside our doors, but because of the time of year that it is. This is, of course, graduation season. You know, a few weeks ago as a church family, we recognized all of our seniors who were graduating from high school. And for our family, it's a, an especially poignant time. Our, our second and last Offspring is getting ready to graduate high school and go to college. Hallelujah. It's great. I mean, we're excited about it. But it's an odd, odd time. Now, for our family, Joseph's graduation is not the only graduation we're celebrating this season. As a matter of fact, just this week, we got to go to Houston and celebrate graduation as one of the members of our family graduated with a master's degree from Rice University. We celebrated the graduation of my mom. My mom graduated with her second master's degree this weekend. <clears throat> and I don't care who you are. That, that's pretty cool, Nana walking across the stage right there. My mom is 73 years young. There's a picture of her walking across. I think we have a picture of our family right after the ceremony outside. Everybody's there except my brother Gil and his family who live in Colorado. But uh, it was a great, great day for Nana, for our whole family. It was just one of those, it was just like, what? Now, I will tell you this. As soon as the ceremony was over, I went and found my mom. There's a bunch of people milling around looking for their graduate. And I found my mom 
And it's possible that I pulled out my phone and, and took a mom graduation selfie. I just kind of felt like that was appropriate in the moment. <clears throat> my mom was beside herself. She was so, so excited. They, you got to understand something. My mom loves study. She loves academics. It must have been a recessive gene that skipped a generation because that was not my bag. I happen to have here a copy of my mom's thesis, her capstone project from Rice. Let me just read you the title, okay? Just to give you a little insight into my life and background. My 73-year young mother wrote this, A Matter of Grace, Augustine and Paul, Interpretation and Influence Across 16 Centuries. Just a little light reading for the summertime. <laughs> so if anybody... If anybody's going to the beach and you need something fun to read, John Grisham, Linda Martin, you know, it's all there for the taking. I mean, that's my, are you kidding me? But here's what I thought about. Graduation is the perfect representation of baptism. Because what my mom did when she walked across that stage and she got the diploma, she was marking the end of a lot of really important work that was done. That the graduation marked the end of some really important work, but it also implies a beginning. You know, nobody graduates, whether it's from high school or, or college or elementary school, and people go, oh, fantastic, life's over, good luck, sorry, hope you had a good run. No, 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 it implies the beginning of something bigger, that you're going to build on these years of study and use it for something else. Baptism is exactly the same way. Let me, let me just kind of give you a way to think of baptism this morning. It's not necessarily a definition, but it's just a, a different spin to help you understand what's going on in baptism. It is this. Baptism is a celebration. It's a celebration of our partnership with Jesus and a declaration of our purpose for him. It's a celebration of our partnership with Jesus, the fact that we identify with him personally, and from the moment of faith forward, we will serve his purposes in this world. And there's a lot going on in that, but it's important to understand what is really happening and, and to remember that Jesus himself was baptized. Now, I, I want to just take a minute and kind of just briefly camp out right there because that's a big deal. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the beginning and the end, the bright and morning star, Jesus was baptized. Tell your neighbor right now with passion and enthusiasm, Jesus got baptized. Now, I want you to think about something. Why? Why would Jesus get baptized? I mean, was he any less God's son before the baptism? Was he any more morally perfect and sinless after the baptism? It's, in, it's incredible to think about the way the Bible makes the effort to tell us about Jesus' baptism. Think about this. Jesus only had three years of earthly ministry. Three years, and yet part of that time, he made sure that he got himself baptized by, of course, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. And just for the record, John the Baptist was not a Southern Baptist. A lot of people will tell you that was the beginning of the Baptist church, and it was before Peter. And all. No, no, no. 
That just means that John was known as one who baptized, one who immersed. And so when Jesus began his earthly ministry, the Bible tells us that he made it a point to go to John, his cousin, and be baptized. Now, can you imagine standing in John's sandals there beside the Jordan River one day and you see the Son of God coming saying, I need you to baptize me. But, whoa, 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 whoa. In the original Greek, John said that. Whoa, 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 whoa. He said, Jesus, I should be baptized by you. I'm not worthy to buckle your sandals. What, what do you mean you want to be baptized by me? But look at what Jesus said to him. This is in Matthew, one of the gospels that records this day. Matthew 3, 15. Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. See, John was smart. He didn't argue with Jesus long. He just kind of, he was like, this didn't make sense. But when Jesus said, we must do all that is required, John agreed to baptize him. This past summer, a group of us from Lake Hills Church got to go to the Holy Land. It was an amazing, amazing tour an amazing trip. And part of our trip, that day, one day, we went to the spot where archaeologists and scholars believe, because of what the Bible says in other sources, where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And I stood in the Jordan River and baptized folks in our group. I stood in the Jordan River, and that day, my wife, Julie, stepped into the Jordan River, and I got to baptize her where Jesus got baptized. This is not the last trip like that we're going to take, but I will tell you this. It was one of the most powerful moments of my life. To think that we were standing exactly where Jesus himself stood and said he wanted to be baptized. He wanted to be. Jesus never said, well, can I still go to heaven if I don't get baptized? He did this for us. He did this as an example to follow, but also for us to be able to partner with him, to participate in something that he himself had done. You know, I've gotten to baptize hundreds of people over the course of my ministry. I've, I've been called to ministry for 30 plus years, and I've baptized people in jacuzzis that were not on, I've baptized people in feed troughs. I've baptized them in rolling baptistries, church baptistries, the ocean at high tide, which is no small task, <laughs> rivers. And of those hundreds and hundreds of people, I've never seen or heard of one person coming up out of the water when they went into the water as a statement of faith and say, I wish I hadn't have done that. It just didn't feel right. I've never heard of somebody happening to them. I've never heard of that. I've certainly never experienced it personally because every single person who steps into the waters of baptism as a statement of faith enjoys and experiences a spiritual reality that Jesus himself experienced. It's interesting that at the baptism of Jesus, the Bible says after he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove and the voice of God in heaven was heard saying, this is my son in whom I am pleased. So in that moment, you had all three members of the Trinity, 
God the Son being baptized, God the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove coming down, but also God the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So baptism matters, man. It's an incredible opportunity. And what I want to do just in the little bit of time that we've got left here is get at what it's really all about. I want to show you kind of why we baptize the way we do around here. We baptize, number one, by immersion. We, we dunk folks. I mean, we get them all the way under. And I will tell you this, if you've never been baptized by immersion, we have a 100% safety record. We have never lost anybody. <laughs> the, the mechanics of it are very, very simple. We just put people in the water and they're sitting or standing up and we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit buried with Christ into death, raised again to walk in newness of life. Now, it's very important when you're baptized to remember that you need to help the baptizer out a little bit. Early in my ministry, I was baptizing in a church setting. <clears throat> and a lot of people are nervous at baptism, which I totally understand. But one particular evening, I was baptizing, and, and I could tell, I was standing in the baptistry of this, of this kind of traditional church that had the, the glass front where the baptistry, you could see it, and then the choir was right in front of the baptistry, you know? And I was baptizing folks, and, and this lady came in, and you could just see, she was just, she was so nervous, and I, I felt for her, and so I said, come on, it's going to be okay, I, I got you on this one, I've, I've done this before, it's going to be just fine, and I got to the point, I said, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And when I went to immerse her, to baptize her, she was so nervous that her entire body locked up. And it was like I was baptizing a two-by-four. She goes down and immediately starts flailing in the water, hooks her leg over the glass. We baptized a large portion of the choir that night. understand where that comes from but we got her baptized <laughs> she, she was there of her own free will I want to make sure that you understand that too but you know in Romans chapter 6 Paul talks about baptism and what's really really going on in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 he says we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Now there's, there's three things in that one passage of scripture that I wanna make sure we understand because as I said, the fact that there's something in the water means that there's something for all of us. You may be a wily veteran of the faith, You've seen people be baptized like I just described. Maybe you were baptized like that. But I think for those of us who maybe have been around church for a while, can it ever get too old to be reminded of just exactly what Jesus did for us? To be reminded of the essence and the heart and soul of our faith? To know that first of all, baptism reminds us that Christ identifies with us. That Jesus himself identifies with you and me. And I don't just mean that he looks at us and says, peace be with you, my child. I mean that he chose the cross. 
that he identifies with us to the point that he became my sin. He became your sin. That means that Jesus is different. Don't buy the lie that all religions are basically the same because they're not. No one else in the course of human history ever offered to identify with you or to identify with me the way Jesus did. Jesus said, I love you and I'll identify with you to and through the point of death. He identified with us. So when Paul says, we died and were buried with Christ, that doesn't mean that we die like Jesus died on the cross, but it means that when you step into a relationship with him, you appropriate, you receive his death as payment for your sin. And it's very, very important that we understand that. I don't want to belabor this point, but the fact of the matter is all sin leads to death. All sin. Because all sin takes us away from God. So if I'm taken away from God, who is the author of life, the one who gave me life, the one who created me, if I'm walking away from that, it makes sense that I'm walking away from life. There's not one thing in this world besides Jesus that you can give yourself completely to, passionately to, that will bring you life. Not one. Everything else is a distraction. Everything else holds the potential to become an idol. It is only in Christ that we find life. Jesus identifies with us. We were died and buried with Christ. Baptism represents that. When a person is baptized, they go under the water. They hold their breath briefly. They come up out of the water. But when they go under, they represent Jesus' death and burial after the crucifixion. But that's not the end of the story. Paul goes on and he says, not only does Christ identify with us, Christ revives us. He revives us. Just as Christ was raised, we also are raised to walk in a new life. And, and this is really important. You gotta know that Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you and I could have a better life. That, that's not why he did that. That's one of the nice byproducts of it. But Jesus is not a self-help guy. Jesus died on the cross and rose again so that you and I could be revived from being dead in our own sins. In my sin, your sin, we are dead without that revival, without being brought back to life. So when a person comes up out of the water and the water pours off of them and they take a fresh breath of air, they're painting the picture of Jesus' resurrection. And any person who chooses to believe in Christ, who chooses to walk with God in a relationship with Christ, is given that new life. They're revived. They're brought from death and made alive to live the life the Bible says that is truly life. Man, that gets me fired up. That, that, that starts to go, okay, now all of a sudden, this isn't just about having a happy family, making sure that I don't get too stressed out. This is about moving from death to life because Christ has revived me. But look at what Paul says too. This is very important. Christ also redirects us. He redirects us. It's not only enough that he just brought us back to life, but he has redirected us. We live a new life. See, 
life before Jesus and life after Jesus are supposed to be different. That's why I tell people, and I, I say in church here all the time, if you go to work on Monday morning and cuss and, and rip people's heads off and are just kind of a jerk to be around, please don't tell them you go to church here. Because we're called, we are raised up to a new life. To live a life and to offer life to the people around us everywhere we go. He redirects us. All of a sudden, marriage, it's, it's not about my wants, needs, and desires. It's not about companionship or procreation. All that, that's fine. But all of a sudden, my marriage in God's economy is about how God can love Julie through me. How God can love me through Julie. That's a redirection. That's a radical redirection. But that's how God operates. That's the beauty. That's what's being portrayed in baptism. Because as we said, there's something in the water. There, there's something about it that communicates the character and the nature and the work of God. Just as my mom graduated, represented the work that had been done when a person is baptized, they're representing not the work that they've done, but the work that Jesus has done in going to the cross and rising again. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a second. And I want to invite you right now just to consider this reality of baptism. To consider the promise and the claims of Christ. The fact that he died on the cross in your place. The fact that he rose again to offer you personally, by name, new life. And the fact that baptism represents your personal appropriation, your personal owning and believing in him. So much so that baptism shows us, it teaches us, it reminds us, yeah, there really is something in the water. Save
your heads. Because I believe with everything I have, there is someone here today who has never realized just what that something in the water was all about. If you're here today and you've never stepped into a relationship with Christ, we want to invite you to do it. Just right where you're sitting, just talk to God, just silently. Step into that relationship by praying a prayer of commitment. Just right where you're sitting, just pray something like this in your own words, silently. Talk to God and just say, Jesus, I need you. I need this new life that you offer. So Jesus, I want to partner with you. I want to live my life for you from this moment forward. I confess my sin. I claim your forgiveness. And in exchange for your life, I give you mine. From this moment forward, forever. Jesus, I pray this prayer in your name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment, if that was your prayer, you need to know this is the greatest moment of your life. This is the most significant moment. And so it's a moment that you need to mark in your mind and in your heart. So I want to ask you, if you just prayed that prayer as our heads are bowed in this sacred moment, if you, that was your prayer, would you just lift your hand? Just lift it high over your hand, over your head, and mark this moment because it's real, because God did that. Because you responded to His grace initiative. And as you mark this moment with your hand up, you need to know we want to be a church home, a church family to you, a safe place to grow in this faith and to discover day in and day out all of what it is to have a relationship with Christ. And your church family honors this moment. We celebrate that moment in your life. And so, if you would, you can go ahead and put your hands down. We'll put our hands together and tell you, welcome home. Because that's what it's all about.